Welcome back to a new edition of the BC Buckets Podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University Basketball. This is Matt Gall, joined here, as always, by head coach Mark Sfigera. And uh, Mark, you know, it was a cold, snowy weekend. Uh, blizzard warnings yesterday, but you guys were still able to, to get a game going. And we'll talk about that in a second, but this is an episode that uh, I've been looking forward to. It's one you've been talking about for several weeks now, uh, seeing if you can make it happen. Do you want to just give our listeners a little bit of a preview with who's going to be joining us today? Yeah, well, you know, as we talked about last week, yesterday was Hall of Fame Day at Briarcliff, and and former player and former assistant coach Jake Shipley went into the Briarcliff Hall of Fame, and so he's sitting here in the studio. I say studio. I try to make this podcast sound way more legit than it is. He's sitting here in the office with us, and and also with us is a guy who kind of swindled his way into the podcast, and that's uh, you know former Briarcliff player Clayton Harold. And a couple months ago, Clay basically told me he was coming on the podcast. He wanted to do it this weekend because he was going to be in town. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Jake and Clay, both former All-Americans, also brother-in-laws. Um, Brothers-in-law. Is that, yeah, th- yeah. Thanks, Grammar Police. Yep, you bet. You know, and I, I think I, I should also mention that this is actually our first ever podcast with an audience. Because oh. we, have, we have Mackenzie Harold sitting in the office, who's Clay's wife and, and Jake's sister. And probably cooler than both of them. So there's that for you. Before we get rolling, guys, is is it? Well, I guess Jake, you've seen this podcast in action because when you were an assistant here, you'd sometimes be in the office when we were recording. But Clay, is this setup kind of what you envisioned? Were you expecting something a little more high tech, low tech? What'd you think when you walked in and saw this uh, this setup here? Well, it's just your guys' <clears throat> high IQ. I, this is exactly what I envisioned. <clears throat> <laughs> a man of few words all right yeah you know if you were walking in here like thinking you were going to join be in the ringer studio or something sorry for the letdown guys <laughs> so uh we'll get to you guys here in just a minute but as usual we got to cover some business with what's been going on with the Briarcliff program uh this last week we'll start with wednesday's game up at jamestown and coach it's kind of been the trend the last few weeks uh with some of these games games that you're in right up until halftime and then you know good part of the second half and then things just kind of get away and that's that's kind of what happened again uh in Jamestown very close competitive game early on and that's a you know that's I haven't been up there beautiful facility uh looks like it's a fun place to play hard place to play yeah it's uh it's it is a really really nice facility and I actually uh while we got there early we traveled with the women up there got up there the day before and and so we had a lot of time to kill at the gym while they were warming up and uh, Dr. Paul Olson, the dean of students up there, who was on the podcast a year ago and a former Briarcliff professor, he actually took me on a tour of the whole building. It's actually really, really nice. Um, they, they did some really good things with that facility. Um, and so shout out to him for that. And I think I need to give a little credit to the maneuver he pulled as well. We were talking about how many people butcher my last name when they announce the starters and they'll, they'll say head coach, you know, Mark, and then just butcher Sfigera. And uh, so earlier this year we played at Clark, and they nailed Sfigera. I mean, it was – you would have thought they were Czech the way they pronounced, it, pronounced Sfigera, and they called me Mike. <laughs> and I, I remember turning to our student assistants and, and saying, wow, that's probably a first. You know, they, they got the last name and messed up my first name. Right. And he thought that was really funny. So at Jamestown they go starting lineups, and they said Chargers are coached by head coach Matt Sfigera. <laughs> and Paul Wilson stands up, and he's clapping – <laughs> like obscenely clapping 
to get my attention. I looked up there, and he said, best 50 bucks I ever spent. <laughs> so as it appears that he paid off the PA announcer to say my name wrong. That was going to be my question. Did, did he make that happen, or is that not a surprise? Yeah, he, uh, he made that happen, and he, he told me after the fact. He said, so long as I'm at Jamestown, we'll always pronounce Figuera right. <laughs> Didn't say anything about my first name. But uh, So that, that's a fun side story of that trip. But, you know, to the game, I, I thought that first half we played on Wednesday was the best half of basketball we played probably since Christmas, um, if not before. But I thought guys were really dialed in to, to the game plan. I thought we played with an unbelievable sense of urgency and a lot of energy on both sides of the floor. And uh, went into halftime with a six-point lead. And felt pretty good about that. And then, you know, second half came, and, and we missed a couple shots early and and gave up a couple easy ones. And then they took the lead, and, and we started to press a little bit. And, you know, all of a sudden we, we're, we're facing an 8- to 10-point deficit. And that's just kind of been a trend we can't seem to kick for whatever reason. And then coming down to it, we just – we when we got scores, we couldn't get stops on the other end and vice versa. And, and that was, you know, it's just really frustrating when that happens, you know, just not being able to put together a complete game. And I, I wish I had the, the magic potion or whatever it is to, to remedy that. But right now we just we have to find a way to get that done. And so I thought for the most part it was a, it was a really good game, um, you know, just needed to make a few more plays. And then if you fast forward to yesterday's game against Concordia, I, I think we could probably say a lot of the same things. You know, I, I thought the first half we were really, really good defensively. You know, Concordia is a team, like I said, Lazar, they've been playing really well. I think they're really confident. And I thought we really made things hard for them defensively. Um, and we just – we got some great looks early in the game and, and couldn't knock them down. I think the first three possessions we had just had uncontested kick-out threes. And, you know, the chances of us going over for 3 are probably less than any other combination there. And that's what happened. Um, you know, so we're down three at half, and that you know that's no big deal. That's one possession, and you know, second half, you know, right away we're down eleven, and and we just couldn't seem to get over that four or five point hump the whole second half, and then real late had a couple untimely, costly turnovers that led to pretty easy points, and and that probably sealed it for us. And you know, right now it's it's when you're in the moment of it, it's frustrating. And, you know, I'm frustrated. The players are frustrated. Um, but I think sometimes you have to take a step back from that and, and look at the bigger picture and have some perspective and, you know, say, I get to coach college basketball, and for the players, I get to play college basketball. You know, like we all do this because it's it's fun, because we love the game of basketball. And in the moment, sometimes you lose sight of that, and, and we have to find a way to get that back. And that's from – you know, me as the head coach, assistant coaches, the players, the student coaches, like it's all of us collectively. We have to find a way, just start having fun again. You know, basketball should be fun. And, and yeah, it's stressful and tense and you want to win and it's competitive. But we have to find a way to get that done. And, and that's going to be our, our focus as we head into another week with two road games here. So let's talk about that. First road game is at Northwestern. That's on Wednesday, the 22nd, uh, up in Orange City. Always a, a loud place to play. They always pack the gym. I think they have a lot of local support. It just seems like they always have their side of the, the gym full. So uh, 
that game at Northwestern, and then on Saturday, you guys are at Hastings, a, a pretty good road trip down there, road trip that we talk a lot about on, on this podcast, so uh, maybe some good, some more good stories will come out of that, but uh, why don't you just talk about Northwestern and Hastings, you know, two of three straight road games coming up, uh, you play at Mount Marty the following week, and then uh, six straight home games uh, to, to end the season in February before conference tournament time. So three games on the road, starting with Northwestern and Hastings, uh, both teams you've seen before earlier this year. What are you looking forward to this week? Well, you look at these two games, and you know if you think back to the first time we played Northwestern, we were up four with under a minute to go and ended up losing the game in overtime. And then when we played Hastings the first time, which was just a couple weeks ago, felt like we trailed a lot of that game and we were down late and found a way to win and won that game by three. And so – you know, my point is both those games very easily could have gone the other way. And as, as frustrated as we were about how that Northwestern game shook out, you know, Hastings is probably feeling that same way about how our game with them shook out. And so I, I'm they're just I think we're evenly matched with both teams. Northwestern and us play a pretty similar style. Um, Hastings and us are very, very different in how we play. They're very post heavy. They play two, three post players at a time sometime, really try to pound it inside on you. Uh, where Hastings is going to be a lot more guard-oriented up and down like we play. But, uh, you know, just going on the road, we can we can sit here and talk about how, how hard that is in this league, and it is. You know, there's no doubt about it. Like right now, we just – we have to find a way to put together a complete game. And, and that goes back to a couple of things I talked about, whether it's having fun, whether it's, you know, being a little more locked in coming out of halftime. It doesn't really matter. We have to find a way right now to get that done. And, uh, you know, it's it's two very different trips. You know, Northwestern will be there in under an hour, and, and Hastings will leave on Friday night and, and stay out there before we play on Saturday afternoon. But, uh, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to, to compete again and, and right the ship. And right now that's that has to be our focus is just find a way to get one and, and go from there. And, you know, it's amazing what one win sometimes can do for your confidence, for your just the way that can propel you forward from one win and that's what we have to find a way to get that right now so that game in northwestern will be at eight o'clock on wednesday women will play at six so if you can make a trip up to orange city uh, make sure you do that and then saturday down at hastings two and four men will play at four uh, on saturday the 25th so let's rewind and go back to concordia and this this is where we'll bring in our guests here uh like you said coach it was hall of fame weekend uh the weather I think probably kept a few people home, but, you know, I think there was a, a decent turnout uh, for Hall of Fame weekend, and, and uh, Jake Shipley was, was obviously honored and, and was entered into the Hall of Fame. So, Jake, what was it like? I know you, you've kind of known about this for, for a while now because um, this gets announced, I think, back in the summer or fall or something like that. But just to be here back on, you know, your, your home court, being honored for what you did here at the Cliff, what kind of moment was that for you? Yeah, it was definitely a special moment just uh, being able to have that ceremony at noon um, yesterday and um, talk about my time here and kind of what how everything went and then also getting recognized at halftime. It was pretty cool and I know it was cool for my parents and um, my other family that was there. So, um, yeah, like you said, the weather did not cooperate really well um, without having some of my old teammates come back, which was kind of a bummer. But all in all, it was a great day and just uh, something I'm sure I'll remember forever. 
So, Jake, obviously with your time here as a coach and a player, you're very familiar with all the history uh, within this program dating back, you know, decades with the Panamanian pipeline and other things. Um, when you were a player here, I know you obviously are told about those things by alumni who come come to campus and the coaches who have passed that stuff down. But how do you – I mean, how did you as a player really – start to understand and connect with what that history is. And then fast forwarding now to now that you're in the Hall of Fame and, and you've had a very successful career here, both as a player and a coach, being part of that history. Yeah, I'd say that's something kind of tough to relate to when you're playing because you're really just concentrating on, you know, getting better every day in practice, the next game coming up. So um, you obviously hear about those guys and hear about the success of the program and you just – strive to keep that going and keep that moving in the right direction um and then you know obviously coming back as a coach you kind of get more familiar with it um you see more people more alum you see um you know the names more often you see the pictures in the office so um you get a i'd say a bigger connection with it um and then obviously getting inducted it was I kind of went and looked online and saw the names, and I think there's 18 or 19, some around there, other other basketball guys. And, I mean, there's some big-time names on that list. So um, just to be on that list with them, it's it's an incredible honor. So, Clay, we mentioned that you guys are brothers-in-law, and uh, I'm sure this was a topic at home at Christmas. Did you have to remind Grandma when everyone was talking about Jake that, hey, I was pretty good, too, when I was here? You know, my picture's maybe not going to be in the Hall of Fame, at least this year, but let's not forget about Clay over here. I mean, is that a sore topic for you? No, but it does get brought up that I'm not only – I have a coworker that also played basketball at Morningside, and he likes to remind me that not only am I not the best basketball player in my own family – but I'm not the best basketball player at my own work. So, I think you guys both know that I'm, I'm going to try to instigate something here. And if, if we're looking at career stats, Clay, you actually scored more points at Briarcliff than, than Jake did. So, I mean, do we need to talk about that? If I remember right, there, this was brought up um, by a newspaper guy at West Marshall, and I actually went back and looked at it last night with my dad. It did take Clay 19 more games to surpass my total, so... What can I say? Uh, I guess just winning and playing more games and getting further in tournaments, maybe maybe that just plays a part in that. So, uh, you know, and last thing, then I'll then I'll stop instigating here. You know, Clay, you also hold a school record, and I don't believe Jake does. Yeah, so maybe they just inducted the wrong one the other day. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Clerical error. <laughs> no, I had a luxury of playing with Jake for one year, so. It was a well-deserved honor for him. I know he deserved it, and I know all the work he's put in, and I think that was just a great inductee, and I think Briarcliff did themselves a service putting him in there. And on the flip side of this, you know, Jake's argument's pretty simple. First-team All-American versus honorable mention All-American. <laughs> GPAC Player of the Year versus first-team All-GPAC Player. So, you know, there's that side of it too. Um, Dave, um, Jake's dad, also brought up a good point yesterday is, I think Jake made as many threes in his career as I almost did in one season, so. <laughs> What's the dunk count, Jake? <laughs> Most people on a two-on-one, you know, try to get a layup, easy shot. I, I never pulled up for three on that or was waving my hand at three-fourths court when someone's laying it in on the other side. Yeah, I think that story needs to be told, and, and I'm going to tell it, Clay, because I'll, I'll tell the factual version. And it's back in 2016 GPAC Tournament Championship game. 
unbelievable atmosphere in the Flanagan Center. We're playing Nebraska Wesleyan for the third time. It was a game we were down, I think, 13 or 15 in the second half. Came back and won. And, and Austin Pullen had an amazing second half. I think he scored 13 points all in the second half. Everything was a layup, um, and he fell down on every layup, every single one. But there was one, and we have a great video of it somewhere, because it's filmed from where the Hall of Fame room is. And so you get a, a long view of the court. And Austin's going in for a layup. Like it's a one on half. He's going to score it. And Clay's 40 feet behind him, waving his hand in the air like a, like a madman to get the ball for a three while he's 40 feet away and Austin's going to score a layup. And, and the amount of times that's been watched in film, be it right after it happened or even now, four years later, we still bring that up and show it to the guys sometime. Um, you know, that's, that's the, the quintessential Clay Harold possession right there. Kind of shades of uh, Farouk Manish from you and I pulling up for the three in that Kansas game, except, uh, you know, that was more, I think, style points in that game. That was more of a dagger. <laughs> you know, and, and all, all jokes and me, me instigating aside, you know, we're, we're talking about two elite players that have played at Briarcliff and, and guys that I was fortunate to coach, Jake, for two years and, and Clay for four. And, you know, to say Jake going into the, the Hall of Fame is a, a well-deserved honor would be an understatement. And, you know, sometimes when time passes between seasons and players, I think it's easy to forget how good dudes were. And, and some of the guys in the past week were asking me, you know, like, who's the starting five since, since you've been at Briar Cliff? And you go back, you're like, man, Jake Shipley was really good. And it, it's just been six, seven, eight, nine, whatever, however long ago it's been. You know, and, and we've had a lot of really good players. But I, I went back this week and watched some, some old film, and it's just like Shipley could score the ball. And, uh, you know, you, you forget about that. But he had an enormous impact on our program. And then obviously was on our staff for two years and, and, and furthered that impact. But uh, so all jokes aside, these are the two dudes sitting here in the office right now. One question, though. You're talking about offensive side of the ball right now. Who was the bigger defensive liability in this room? Well, this is, this is a hard question to answer. You know, I, I almost want to say flip a coin, but I know you're firmly against that kind of answer, Clay. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw this out and give you a really long answer, but I will answer your question. Okay, so you both have one advantage over the other. Clay, you were a better positional defender, probably going to be in the right spot more often. Um, not very athletic, not very quick side to side. Not going to stay in front of your guy that well. Jake, probably not going to be in position as much. But Jake's 6'8 with long arms. And so he could make up for some mistakes because he could block shots and, and do some of that stuff. And so I think at the end of the day, the bigger liability was Jake Shipley. <laughs> Jake, Jake Shipley never saw a screen he didn't want to run into. Do you have any response for that, Jake? I do. I actually was talking about this with uh, Coach Nelson yesterday. And he made a good point that I was surrounded by some really, really good defenders. You're thinking like Ben Sitzman, Eric Roy, Michael Collison, mm, John, maybe not so much. But, you know, those are three really, really good defenders. So I obviously looked a lot worse than I probably was. So like we said, you know, weather kind of kept some of your former teammates and stuff at home. Um, but I know, like, on Twitter and, and some other things, I saw that, that they were watching the game. You know, looking back at your time playing here, um, you know, what what about 
the guys around you, your teammates. What about them? Whether it's whether it's on the court, off the court, uh, at practice, at games, in the cafeteria, whatever it is. What is it about your teammates that make your college playing experience so important? And that's a question for both or either of you guys. Yeah, I think um, just coming to Briarcliff and having that connection with all the guys, you know, you really um, – we've, we've talked about when I was coaching here that you really become best friends with those guys. You're you're not only just traveling and playing games together, you're um, living together, eating every meal together, doing the same type of practice. Um, so you're, you're really with them, you know, almost 24-7. So you just build a, you know, a bond with them. And then um, obviously speaking on, like, the basketball floor, I – I don't think I would be here in that situation I am now without my teammates behind me encouraging me, you know, um, just making me better on a daily basis. So those guys were um, just meant the world to me. Kind of in that same aspect. One thing is I think my freshman, sophomore year is when we kind of started kind of a tradition here of players stayed over the summer and you work together. And I think that just builds a chemistry that you don't get Mm -hmm. if you're just here during the season and just knowing not only their basketball sense, but knowing what they're doing off the court and just being able to be with them all day, every day, hanging out with your best friends. And you just build that chemistry and camaraderie that I think that's what championship teams are made of is you, when you get on the court, you're gonna battle against each other. You're like, you're gonna, it's like you hate each other, but then right when you get off the court, everything's fine. You guys are best buds. And I think that's what makes great teams is you, you have that ability when you step on that court is you're going to you're going to go at each other and just know that it's on the court and off the court everything's fine you guys are best buds yeah and i i agree with everything they're saying and and you know i clay came to practice on friday he had got to town early and i'd asked clay to talk to our our players and you know that's a lot of what he talked about it was it was how important teammates were and and how hard they played for each other and and how hard practices were but it was a lot about just how important teammates were to everything and and I I thought it was awesome what he said as short and sweet as it was but the message he delivered was really good and and really on on point in my opinion. So Jake you were coaching up until uh, this most recent season uh, so we kind of know what you've been up to until at least then. Uh, can you guys just fill us and our listeners in on what you've been up to out in the real world since your time either playing or coaching here? Yep, so I work for a company called Aerotech. It's a staffing recruiting agency, so um, still doing the recruiting part of things, but it's a little different hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Um, can't lie, I'm enjoying that life right now. So. And I actually just started a new job in December. Um, I've been, I was at a bank previously in State Center, where Jake and my wife's hometown is. And then in December, got a job a little closer to where me and my wife live and kind of doing the same role, a little, little different job duties, but essentially the same kind of path and everything. So, so Clay, I, you know, I mentioned you came to practice on Friday and I mentioned you have a school record, which is most, most threes in a career. You also have the single season three pointers record and that career one is going to stand for another week or so is all at this point. Um, Because Jackson's about to pass that career three-pointers mark. I don't think your single season, I don't know if that's ever going to be touched, to be honest with you. And I I think that's a testament to how many really good guards you had that were playmakers, you know, and less to you and more to those guys. (laughs) But um, 
you know, so Clay comes to practice, and I, I introduce him. A lot of our guys know who he is. None of our current players would have played with him because he's old at this point. But, uh, you know, I, I'm talking about how good of a shooter he was, and he could, he could go inside step coming off a screen on both feet. And so we have a, a Friday tradition. It's called shooting ladder. It's a weekly competition. You just try to move up the ladder, you know, and you end the season. There's prizes for the winners. And anybody that's a former player will know what it is. So there was, a, there was a group with only two guys going. There's usually three in a group. So there was an off, off round. I said, Clay, why don't you just jump in and, and show these guys how it's done. And so his first shot, three from the left corner. And I'm going to try not to exaggerate because I have a tendency to do that. Minimum of four feet short air ball. <laughs> and so anybody in the gym that wasn't actually shooting that round was probably at least keeping one eye on Clay because of how much I talked him up as a shooter. And I think I probably got some funny looks from the guys after I hyped him up as, like, the best shooter I've ever been around. He, he comes out with an air ball and probably went three for, three for 12, three for 15 in, in his round of shooting. So, you know, you can give me all the excuses you want about wearing jeans and not being warmed up. But, man, that, I was pretty embarrassed for you, Clay. Yeah, I was more of a situational shooter. So those, those wide open looks, just I'm not, I'm not used to those. I'm used to hand in the face. So it was just out of my element. You know, and Matt, you brought this up a while back, talking about the Hastings trip. You know, I know both these guys <clears throat> at least have a, a memory of a, of a Hastings trip of the past, and, and Clay's is probably pretty positive. You know, we won the GPAC title there his senior year. That's where we actually clinched the championship. And, Jakes, I'm going to assume yours is probably a little more negative. And so, I mean, do you guys want to run with this? Do you want me to tell the stories? You know, Jake, why don't you go first? We'll, we'll, go, we'll go with the not-so-positive story first. Yeah, so my story was not when I was a player. I wish it was, but it was as an assistant. It was it first year, second year? Yeah, it was your first year as, a, as an assistant coach here. Perfect. So I'm in charge of post-game meals after um, games, obviously. And um, we try to set that up all before, before we play, obviously, so we can just get out of the locker room, go pick up something. Hightail at home. Obviously, being in Hastings, it's a long trip. And, and this was a rare Wednesday night Hastings trip. So when we play there on a Saturday, we play at 4. We're probably hitting the road by 6.30. We're on by 10.30. It's no big deal. But now we're talking hitting the road at 10.30, you know, give or take a few minutes. So we're, we're getting home pretty, pretty late at night, early in the morning, whatever you want to call it. So keep that in mind as, as we go through this. Here. So the game gets over. We had lost. So that's just going to – emphasize this even more um we go to the mcdonald's we got you know 25 double cheeseburgers what whatever it is and uh pull in they have no record of us calling them anything so we're like okay well maybe it was the other mcdonald's so the other mcdonald's is about 10 minutes opposite way of which we're going go down there pull up they have no record either so so coach was really mad um, and I think Coach Schultz actually might have saved my life that night by calming him down. But um, I am going to probably throw Bobby Beach um, under the bus here because he was actually usually in charge of that, and I think I took the wrath for his mistake, but um, I'll take it. So what? Ha I think I've heard that story. <laughs> Remind me what happened. So neither McDonald's had the food. 
So you just had to order fresh at wherever you're at after you just toured the entire town of Hastings looking for hamburgers? That's exactly right. Okay. So <laughs> um, instead of having everybody order one, we just ordered 25 double cheeseburgers and tried to make them cook it as fast as they can. And obviously McDonald's workers, you know, at midnight are not too thrilled about making 25 double cheeseburgers. So, All right. So I, I think I need to step in here and, and give my recollection of what happened. So I think it's pretty well documented. I, I coached at Hastings College for two years, and I'm pretty familiar with the city of Hastings, Nebraska. And when you leave the arena there, you're going you're gonna to go west a few blocks. You're going to get to Burlington Avenue, the main thoroughfare north and south in town. And we're going we're gonna to turn right, head north. There's a McDonald's. There's a couple other things on the way out of town. And then it's 15 miles or so to the interstate. And then you're home free. It's all interstate. So we get to Burlington, and the bus driver's in the left turn lane with his blinker on. So I, I just say, no, you're going the wrong way. We need to turn right here. And Jake, Jake leans to me and says, no, McDonald's is down this way. I said, no, oh, there's a McDonald's literally right here. And he said, well, we called this one. So that, I wasn't happy about that. And, and, of course, something like this could only happen after we lose a game. If it was after a win, I probably would have just laughed it off. But uh, so we, we drive 15 minutes south, hit every red light on Burlington Avenue in Hastings, and we get to McDonald's. And something that we've done for a long time, and I think this, this probably dates back to Todd Berry as the head coach, we pre-order all of our food. Guys, grab it, fill up their drinks, and let's roll. We don't need to dilly-dally for 20 minutes because fast food restaurants are not that efficient when you have a group of 20-some people. Well, we get in there, and then I find out quickly that they don't have anything ready for us. They never got the order, whatever it was. So at this point, I'm, I'm going to blow my gasket. And I, I think I yelled at Jake and Bobby, Bobby in his first year as a student coach, and I wasn't happy. And I think for the sake of everybody involved, Coach Schultz is the MVP to this whole story because he just kind of grabbed me, pulled me aside, got me away from everybody, and, and started talking about something else. And, uh, you know, we got our food and we left. But uh, I don't think that was a real comfortable – 20 minutes for for coach shipley and, and bobby 20 minutes four hour drive home <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably true so clay i know you've you have a couple hastings stories i think so <clears throat> i know one of them's been talked about multiple times on the podcast so i won't go into it i'll just give my view of it but so my junior we used to do where we'd go to hastings the night before we'd stay the night play our game come back just because it was a four-hour drive. We didn't want to have, we didn't want to have bus legs. Um, so it was my junior year. We were driving down, and our bus broke down about halfway there. So we had to get everything out, change buses, had to wait about an hour for the other bus to show up and pick us up. So it turned a four-hour trip into about a six-hour trip. <laughs> Senior year, our bus broke down on our way back from uh, the national championship, and we got stuck at a gas station and had, I think, two people ran them off this, like, Interstate stop, try and help, and we're giving the players rides to the gas station, just kind of doing a back and forth so we could get everyone in one spot and not sitting on the side of the interstate. So, and that was already a long trip. I think that probably turned a six-hour drive into about 10 to 12 hours. But the Hastings story my senior year was we get there, and everyone knows Spaghera's a early morning coffee, loves his coffee, and I'm not exaggerating. I bet he was on about 10 or 12 cup, his 10th or 12th cup of coffee that morning, and they weren't small cups. And he gets there, and it was like watching a little kid 
get to a summer camp where they get the ball and they are just running to every hoop as fast as they can, trying to get the first basket at every single hoop. And he was just chucking up threes, sprinting to his rebound, grabbing it, sprinting full court to the other side to shoot another three. And this went on for about five minutes straight, and he got done, and I still think he was jogging after he was done. I'm sure they were all long rebounds too, brick after brick. <clears throat> yeah, there was a couple. He had to chase down under the hoop too. I think they went into the stands after an air ball or two. <laughs> we got a couple of revisionist historians here because I was hot that day. I was making a lot of those shots. Swishes out of the net, Clay. Thank you very much. So, Clay, I know you came prepared with a little uh, – fire round or something that you wanted to throw at Coach Figuera. Can you fill us in on what it is you want to accomplish here? So this was something me and Hobbs had kind of, Corey Hobbs, a ex-player slash student coach, um, that we had kind of talked about at, uh, when we got together one time about just doing kind of a rapid fire, get to know Figuera. And we'd both kind of talked about how we'd been slacking and writing in listener questions. So I thought, what a better way to make up for that than do a one-minute segment of just rapid fire questions for Sfigera. Ground rules are is you have two seconds to answer each one. You have to answer. You cannot say pass. And we're just going to put a I was minute. Stanley's second choice after pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one minute rapid fire. We're going to get through as many of these as we can. And just a kind of a way to get to know Sfigera a little better. For All right, so you've, you've, <coughs> you just said you and Hobbs have failed to send in questions. And you're going to make up for two years of podcast questions in one minute. Because I can see your sheet. I can't read the questions. <laughs> but I see the number 44 at the bottom. So you have at least 44 questions you're going to try to get to in a minute, Clay. Let's be real. There is 59 total. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to take more than a minute, dude. Nope. So it's, we're just going to get through as many as we can in a minute. So if we don't you're get really to some. You're really setting a clock. Yep. I'm going to okay. set a clock. I like it. Let's go. Let's just keep this short and sweet. All right. Here we go. Offense or defense? Offense. Dunks or threes? Threes. Block or charge? Charge. Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Slipknot or Godsmack? Slipknot. Adam Sandler or Chris Farley? Chris Farley. NBA or college basketball? College basketball. Beautiful disaster or down by 311? Beautiful disaster. Hearts or spades? Hearts. Worse at remembering plays, John Angler or Jordan Comstock? Jayco. Flare screen or down screen? Flare. Energy drink or coffee? Coffee. You being late or someone bagging your groceries wrong? Groceries wrong. Shorter coaching temper, you or Coach Power? Me. The Office or Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Michael Scott or Dwight Schrute? Michael Scott. Kramer or George Costanza? Kramer. Better announcer voice, DK or Father Collison? Father Collison. Bigger instigator in college, Austin Poland or Zach Odding? Odding. Rachel Green or Kelly Kapowski? Rachel Green. Hoosiers or Coach Carter? Hoosiers. McDonald's or Wendy's? McDonald's. Who sweats more, Oliver Drake or you? Me. More important at high school game, good popcorn or a great pep band? Pet band. That's all we got. Well wow, Clay, that, 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 that was good. So I'm going to step in here, guys. Uh, this is too good, and I know we're only about halfway through the list here. I think, uh, I think on behalf of our listeners, I'm going to motion that we uh, add another minute and we keep this thing rolling. You guys good with that? Yeah, I'll second that motion. I, I, you know, Clay, you did your work. You came prepared, which is, you know, as you know, we asked that of our players in the program, and so I think, I think you deserve to get through your 59 questions here. All right. Well, let's keep her going then. We won't even put a timer. We'll just get through them all. All right. Radio or, po radio or podcast? Podcast. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Standing in line for a long time or no caffeine for a whole day? Standing in line. Alfredo's or Jerry's pizza? Jerry's. 
Briar Cliff or Dana College? Briar Cliff. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Where are you better at, golfing or ping pong? Ping pong. Olive Garden or Chili's? Chili's. Roundabout or stoplights? Roundabouts. Chicago Bulls or Iowa Hawkeyes? Iowa Hawkeyes. Chocolate or vanilla ice cream? Vanilla. Single or double stuffed Oreos? Single. College football or NFL? College. 1% or 2% milk? 2%. Walking taco or taco in a bag? Don't care. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's against the ground rules. Uh, taco in a bag. Sure. Better coffee. Casey's or come and go? Casey's. Nike or Adidas? Nike. Would you rather be hot or cold? Hot. Pearl jams or Blink-182? Pearl jam. Regular fries or curly fries? Regular. Car or truck? Truck. Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant? Michael Jordan. Nebraska or Iowa State? Iowa State. Kitty corner or caddy corner? Kitty corner. Rock or rap? Rock. Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2? Home Alone 1. Me getting dunked on twice in back-to-back -back plays or Matt Bird getting dunked on by James Parrott? Parrott over Bird. Subway or Jimmy John's? Jimmy John's. Christmas or Thanksgiving? Christmas. Movies or TV shows? TV shows. Spicy or sour? Spicy. Tootsie Pop or Blow Pop? Blow Pop. Better national tournament location, Branson or Sioux Falls? Branson. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Hobbs or Bilt? Hobbs. <laughs> Clay, I like it. I like this a lot. I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe you should come on as a consultant to the podcast and just send like five rapid fire per week questions. I know you, you obviously put a lot into that for to get this one in, but uh, there's some good stuff in there. And, you know, it's one of those things when you're put on the hot seat and you, you set these two-second ground rules, I was actually surprised by a couple of my answers there. So good job, Clay. And a, a couple of those I know had been talked about on previous podcasts. I did not go back and do my due diligence to know which one he chose. So if any listeners want to go back and make sure that he is a man <laughs> of integrity and sticks to his word, that would be greatly appreciated. Well, Clay, excellent addition to the podcast. I think that's definitely something we need to get on here regularly because uh, those are fun. Um, but, you know, we also like Coach to elaborate on some, of his, on some of his choices, and that's why we give him an opportunity to share his life rules. So I'm going to turn it over to Coach now so he can uh, share whatever his latest life rule is. All right, so this life rule is, is kind of a specific one. And uh, the last handful of years, there's been a it's, – it's turning into a larger group of players who have played cards with me on the bus. And, and hearts is the game of choice. And, Clay, you've been involved in that in the past. Um, I know we had an epic probably two-year run on, on Branson trips. If I recall one year, we were our makeshift table was a tower of Perkins muffin boxes. <laughs> but um, – so I'm a big hearts player. It's a great game. My life rule is heart specific. And so for any of you f current or former players who play hearts, if it's obvious that somebody's shooting the moon, you take a point. Don't be so conservative, worried about your points, that you're going to give yourself and everybody 26 points by not doing that. We call that the Jared Betts rule because he was the king of it. He was the most conservative player. He would take 26 points instead of just taking one for himself. And, and I that's not the right way to play hearts. So, you know, you have to look out for yourself in a card game, but you need to look out for the good of the table as well. Fair enough. And I've played hearts with you and, and Coach Nelson before. I think it was the Iowa State game when we were waiting during that storm delay or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of a roller coaster, but it was, it was a good time. Yeah, and I think something else should probably be brought up since, I mean, you brought up Coach Nelson, and, uh, you know, yesterday was a, was a really cool day, obviously for Jake, but there was a lot of alums here. 
um, at the game and, and spanning multiple generations. In fact, one, one of them was just walking past the office, um, just checking out the Flanagan Center as, as we were recording this. So I, I left for a minute or two. And, and Tim Brennan's a guy, who, I think he lives in St. Louis, but he, he was just here for the weekend. So I went out and said hi to him quick. But uh, there, was a, there was a lot of them got together last night at, at Jake's house, you know, kind of celebrate his Hall of Fame deal. But just being back together with, with guys you played with is really cool. And, and myself and, and Coach Nelson were there for a while. And I just think it needs to be said that, per usual, there was one undefeated team in, in shuffleboard, and that was Coach Nelson and myself. You know, it's just you guys should learn after you've been in the program, it's not going to be fair if you let the two of us be on the same team. So, wow, the, the, the silence is deafening in the office right now. So I guess we'll just leave it at that, Matt. Okay, so we always obviously hear coaches' life rule, but we like to turn it over to our guests. Uh, if either or both of you would have any life rules that you would like to share with the audience. Matt, I have a life rule here. Um, so when you're stopped at a stoplight and you are in the right turning lane, I, I have this happen to me almost every day at work, going to work. You can turn right when the light is red. If there's no cars coming, you look to your left, and there's no one coming, there's no one turning from the opposite way, you can go ahead and turn. So that's my life rule. Come to a complete stop, make sure no one's coming, turn right. Don't stand there, f sit there for the light to turn green. Yeah, very irritating. Very irritating. That's a great life rule. All right, so with that, let's uh, head into Champer Chumps here. And I have to say, so uh, we had somebody send in some questions last week by the name of Kent Malone. He followed up this week, and he brought some more really good stuff. So uh, I want to thank Kent, and that leads me into his first Champer Chump that he's offering. And he says uh, – First off, a Champer Chump for myself. Champer Chump for asking multiple Champer Chumps and questions on multiple podcasts. Uh, champ, you know, listener involvement is is my favorite part of this podcast. So people sending questions, Champer Chumps, you know, whatever it is, absolute champ, keep them coming. All right, so with that, uh, I've got – Kent has one here, and then I've got a couple. Uh, Champer Chump, and he says this is kind of a long, a long one, so let's use Jay Wolf as an example. If Jay Wolf is out and about wearing a Briarcliff basketball shirt and somebody asks him if he played ball, is it Champ or Chump to say that not only did he play but list his accolades? Well, I – that's a champ for sure. <laughs> you know, now that's a great example because of all the people – that would ever actually do that jay is the last one he 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 would probably just uh kind of say yeah i played at briar club and that was it and you know you might not ever know he's just an absolute dude and first team all-american but yeah i think that's a champ you know shipley does it all the time still yeah i think i saw shipley's business card he has aa <laughs> behind his name and his initials i didn't know that was a real uh, certification but why not if you've got it flaunt it um yeah, normally that's like Associate of Arts degree, but Shipley's in parentheses has to specify All-American. All right, uh, Coach, I got a few Champer Chumps here. A couple are food-related. First, calling a hot dog a sandwich. No, Chump. A hot dog's a hot dog. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. Uh, cilantro, Champer Chump. Champ. The Oxford comma, Champer Chump. Chump. Unnecessary. There you go. Those the, those are the champ or chumps for the week. And Clay, you know, we've talked about you kind of being a critic on coaches champ or chumps. Is he is he doing okay the last several weeks ever since we got things kind of clarified after that wedding? Yeah. So 
he I don't know where his brain was at after that wedding. Long maybe a long ride home. He had thoughts going through his head and just misread our thought. It was we want a clarification but an elaborate on his choice. I don't we didn't want the political where you can go both ways. We wanted it Coach Figuera's wisdom. Fair enough. All right. So we've also got some listener questions here. And like I said, these are from Kent Malone. He had some some awesome questions last week, and he followed it up with some some really good ones this week, too. So it uh, looks like there's three of them. I'm going to start with what actor, and this, this is something you guys can all answer here. What actor is the least convincing athlete in a movie? For Kent, it has always bothered him that Wesley Snipes dribbled the ball at shoulder height and the shot line drive jumpers, but was somehow unstoppable and white man can't jump. Do any come to mind with you guys of uh, an actor who just could not sell their athletic ability? I think I think I have to say Teen Wolf. It's just so unrealistic. And and, and Michael J. Fox, just as, as the kid, is absolutely terrible. As the wolf, he's like the second coming of Michael Jordan. But it's it's just so unrealistic that I, I can't buy Michael J. Fox and Team Wolf. Yeah, we all kind of shook our head when this came up. We all said Teen Wolf, um, double team, one of the last plays of the game, and then any scene from One Tree Hill, I'd say, is very bad basketball. I've I've got one. It's not really necessarily somebody uh, not not showing you know their athletic prowess or whatever. But in Saved by the Bell, when there were basketball games in the gym, the the court I think was about twenty five feet long, and the hoops were about eight feet tall. So that totally took me out of it. I'll buy all the other stuff about Saved by the Bell, uh, but you show me a little gym, and uh, it it throws me right out of it. So. I'll kind of go on the same lines there. I don't have a specific actor, but whenever someone's dunking. In the movie, it, well, like they do a slow motion film or something, it just looks so fake because you you know they're actually not probably dunking it. Yeah, they never show the legs. It's always just their hands on the rim, and as they're like looking at the backboard. Yeah, falling down in slow motion. Yeah, it's actually like when you're in like sixth grade basketball league, you stand on a chair and take your like season pitcher hanging on the rim, but you're actually standing on a chair. That's what it is in movies. Exactly. They're actually standing on a chair and and somehow putting the motion into that. So, Kent's second question, I would still like to know the correct protocol when an adult male meets his athlete idol. How should you react? For instance, if Coach Figuera meets Michael Jordan. And I'll tell you what not to do, because I did this. Uh, this would have been 2007, my last year at Briarcliff. And I did the Chicago semester, so I lived downtown Chicago for like a semester. And we were walking back to our apartment, and Joachim Noah was leaving a restaurant. And my wife, who's not a, a huge uh, sports fan, knew who he was just because he's got such a unique look to him. She's like, isn't that that basketball player? And I'm like, yeah. So we stood there for about 10 minutes, kind of just staring at him, trying to decide if we should – because he was waiting for his ride. Like he was waiting for the valet to pull his car. And we're like, should we approach him or not? We ultimately, I think, did the cool thing by not approaching him. Um, but probably standing there for 10 minutes staring at him was probably just as bad. Yeah, that's that's a good question. You know, if if I met Michael Jordan – I would love to sit here and tell you that I'd play it cool, maybe say, hey, what's up, MJ? You know, odds are I'd turn into a complete 13-year-old fanboy and say something stupid. So the, the proper protocol, I, I think, is probably to try to play it cool, but um, I can't say I would abide by that. All right, and then Ken's third question here, what is the best movie sequel ever and what is the worst? And it doesn't say basketball movie or anything like that, so I think the door's open to any sequel. Best and worst. 
I'm gonna, I, I, I have a tough time with the best sequel. I'm going to jump in real it's, quick. It's obvious it's Home Alone 2 or Austin Powers and Goldmember. I was going to mention Home Alone 2, but I won't if you want. You, yeah, go for it. So I'll go the other way then. So, Coach, I'm going to jump in real quick before you do, and I'm going to say this is kind of a unique one because possibly the same franchise has both the best and the worst sequel ever made. And that's Home Alone 2 may possibly be the best sequel ever made. And Home Alone 3, if anyone's had the uh, torture of having to watch that movie, if you have kids or anything like that, it is absolutely terrible. Should never been made. Yeah, I, and I'm fully with you on Home Alone 2. And Clay asked me a rapid-fire question, Home Alone 1 or 2, and I said 1. And here's my only analysis. 1 is a better movie, all in all. The prank scene in 2 is better, though. So I'm on board with that, and I, there's a couple options here. Austin Powers' Goldmember is a phenomenal sequel, but I'm going to say the best and worst are also the same franchise, and it's Godfather 2 is the best sequel, and Godfather 3 is the worst sequel. Clay, Ship, you got a, got a thought on this? I immediately thought of the Rocky movies, so it kind of goes along the same lines where, you know, 1 was great, 2, 3 were good, 4 was awesome, 5 was just terrible and then it went balboa was pretty bad um and then creed 2 well one two were both okay but they're kind of different all right so that'll do it for the listener questions this week uh remember if you want to get those into us there's a couple ways you can do that you can hit us up on twitter at bc buckets cast or uh, email is a great way too that's bc buckets podcast at gmail.com one thing we got to do before we wrap things up here is uh we started last week by talking about coaches starting fives, and I, I know you guys came in and, and wanted to talk about that too. So, Clay, did you have a starting five category that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, so figured out about this last night, so kind of wrapped my head around, and we decided to go with the starting five of TV series. So uh, we'll, we'll go back and forth between you guys. Rather than having you do your full five, we'll go back and forth. And then a couple uh, couple little additions here. We're going to go sixth man as well. So that's kind of the, the first man on the bench. And then also we're going to go the, the guy who got cut during tryouts because it was just that bad. So you're going to have really six that are good and then just one that would be the absolute bottom of your list. All right, Clay, you want to start us off? Let's let's talk let's talk point guards on this team. Okay, point guard, this is your playmaker. This is your just your go-to leader of the offense. I'm going with the office. Just straight up the best show. You can put it on at any time. You can fill in at any point, any season, and you're not going to miss anything. Just a great reliable show. Yeah, and I'm I'm going with Seinfeld. Greatest show in television history. Um, you know, it's it's reliable. You're not there's not a bad episode out there. And, you know, it just it's going to get better and better as the game goes on. And when, when you need a big play late in the game, there's Seinfeld for you at the one. So my shooting guard, this is just, in my opinion, being a two-slash-three player my whole life, I think this is the heart of the offense. So I'm going with my favorite show of all time, Breaking Bad. Just great show. If you haven't seen it, you need to, you need to see it. Yeah, and, and my, my two-guard is going to be the office. So we already have an overlap here, but uh, it's, it's classic. Can't go wrong going to hit big shots for you when, when you need a big shot. Shooting forward in the same realm of heart of the offense, I went Seinfeld, so another overlap. Yeah, that's two overlaps so far, Clay. And I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if that's good for you or bad for you that, that you and I are on the same page of things. So my, my, my three guard is going to be the Simpsons. You know, after 30 years, it's still going strong, still hilarious. Um, it's it's going to be kind of your athletic playmaker on the wing. 
So my power forward, um, I went with Dexter. You know, kind of your setting screens, just a good show that you can just binge watch, and you're gonna be happy you watched it. So, so my power forward, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with the uh, the animated classics and go with Family Guy. You know, it's 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 gonna it's always good for a laugh. Little obscene at times, but uh, always good for a laugh. Gonna get you a big rebound late in the game when you need it. And for my my five, my center, just a show I used to watch every night before bed growing up. It's just a Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Well, one one of the quintessential theme songs of the '90s too, no doubt about it. Um, but for for my post player, I'm going with Peaky Blinders. Yep, just. Gonna gonna be a presence in the post. Gonna be a defensive stopper, no doubt about it, and and phenomenal show. Yeah, when you get put kind of last minute notice, you kind of look over some of these. So Spaghetti's picked up on some great ones that I left off my list. Well, the beauty is Clay. We still have our six man to go to. So you know who who's coming off the bench. You need an offensive spark. Who's coming off the bench for you? I'm not going back on what I wrote. Um, could change a couple things, but just One Tree Hill. It was just a great. It's a great show. I mean. Maybe a little girly at times, but cut out the last season, and it's a pretty good show. And uh, my, my sixth man is that 70s show. You know, it's just it's, it's classic. It's, it's kind of along with The Office for me. You know, it's not as good, so that's why it's coming off the bench. But uh, it's, it's, it's always good. You can watch it over and over again, and it's still good. And so the last thing, I mean, Clay, as, as you came up with your starting five here, you had to cut somebody. Who, who's your cut? Just not a good show. Um, don't want that show on your team at all. So I know a couple people that are into it, but I've tried watching it in a couple episodes, and it is just not for me, and that's Futurama. So, yeah, I am cutting them, getting them off my team. Just a cancer in the offense and the defense, just a, not a locker room player, so I'm cutting them. Well, I'm going to – Clay, you kind of brought this up as we were not recording, but any reality show I'm just not into, so they're all cut. But I'm going to – I have to pick one here. I'm going to – cut how i met your mother i've tried watching it i just don't think it's good don't want any part of that on my on my starting five all right so great starting five um and if listeners have ideas for starting fives too, send those in too because those are you know i think we've talked about uh food we've talked about movies get creative send in something that's kind of way off the map something that'll throw coach through a loop so before we do shout outs that's kind of last thing we'll do i got to mention real quick coach because i know you're a niners fan and uh, your 49ers are playing today. Although, by the time people are listening to this, the Super Bowl will have been uh, already determined with who's going. But you're a Niners fan. I'm a Chiefs fan. What do you think the odds are that the Niners will be playing the Chiefs in a couple weeks? Well, I, you know, as I answered in one of Clay's rapid-fire questions, I'm definitely a college football fan first. But I, I am a Niners fan, a product of being a little kid in the late 80s, early 90s. I like the teams that were good at the time. But uh, – Obviously, that, that would be awesome because not only is that both of our teams, but it gives us a chance to bet something on that game. And uh, today will probably be the first day I watch a Niners game all year. <laughs> I follow. I, I know that they're winning and they're good and all that. So I, I can't say I'm any kind of diehard fan. But uh, I, I think the, chan the, the odds are high of that happening. And, and when it does, you and I are going to bet lunch at one of Sioux City's staple restaurants on that game. So that's what I got. Works for me. We'll know. We'll know. Uh, I guess by Tuesday. So we'll talk about that next week if that's the case. Uh, before we close things up here, let's go into shoutouts. Uh, I don't have a shoutout, but I wanted to remind people. I know because of the weather, lunch with the Chargers got moved from this last Friday to I believe the 31st. 
which is in a couple weeks. So uh, if you were signed up for that, make sure that you, uh, you're aware of that change. And if you haven't signed up yet for it, and if there's still seats available, make sure you get in touch with Coach Figuera or the alumni office or somebody who can, who can get those sold to you. So, again, that will be on the 31st around lunchtime at Amazon 4th. All right, I have two shout-outs this week, and they both revolve around student coaches in our program. First shout-out is former pretty regular podcast member Bobby Beach Patterson. Got to watch him in action playing uh, his JV team from Dakota Wesleyan, played our JV team here the other night. And, uh, you know, he's got some big-time bragging rights over the next year over Coach Erdman because Bobby went 2-0 and in that matchup this year. Great game, really close game on, uh, on Thursday night. But I – I wasn't sitting on Bobby's bench, but I was pretty close, and I was talking to him pretty much the whole game. So, he did, you know, he displayed some mental toughness I wasn't sure he actually possessed um, to just keep coaching his team through me messing with him the entire game. Um, so shout-out to him. Probably need to get him back on sometime. But uh, second shout-out goes to Corey Hobbs, who's also a former guest of the podcast. He was with Clay at practice on Friday. And he played a one-on-one -on -one game after practice with current student coach Jared Sikora, and Corey won that game 5-1. to one. And, uh, you know, it was interesting because I, I asked the players, you know, who thinks Hobbs going to win, who thinks Sikora is going to win. I think the bulk of it was on Sikora, and Hobbs won that game 5-1. to one. So shout-out to you, Hobbs. My shout-out is for Jake Shipley um, being inducted into the Hall of Fame this, this week. And, just a great honor. Got the privilege, like I said, of playing with him for one year. So well-deserved honor for him. And then second shout-out is just to all my previous teammates. So hopefully everyone's doing good and everything's going well. Yeah, my shout-out is kind of along those lines, too, just um, to everybody that came out to help me celebrate that day and, you know, come over afterwards. Um, all the texts, you know, and calls and all that stuff that I get received was uh, pretty cool. So shout-out to everybody that did that. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, this was a blast. Like I said, Coach has been kind of hyping this weekend up all year, saying, hey, you might be able to get a few guys on. So uh, it was a great time, and you guys are obviously welcome anytime, and keep those listener questions coming. And, Clay, obviously, if Coach continues to slip in terms of how he's answering these questions, we want to give our listeners what they want. Clay, Clay's like the BC Buckets podcast watchdog. That's what, <laughs> that's what he is. <laughs> So that'll do it for this week. Just quick reminders, Wednesday night up in Orange City, Briarcliff will be playing Northwestern, and then next Saturday, the 25th, down at Hastings. So on behalf of Coach Clay and Jake, uh, my name's Matt. We'll talk to you next week.